If you or someone you love struggles with a gambling addiction, please call 1-800-GAMBLER today and please gamble responsibly. Welcome into another episode of Sports Betting by Dummies. I am your host, Patty Parlays, and joining me as always, the Green Goblin, the voice of God himself, Diz. Diz, welcome in, buddy. Hey, thank you. I'm absolutely juiced for the Super Bowl. Got a lot of juicy props, and I have a wild uh, Super Bowl betting strategy that I don't know if anyone's going to ride with me, but I'm juiced to talk about it on the pod today. <laughs> I'm a little, a little skeptical. Um, you saying it's probably going against everything we've always told people, but uh, we will uh, cover that when we get there. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, we're there. Super Bowl talk. Obviously, uh, Super Bowl is happening on Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Los Angeles Rams. And, yes, I did say at the Los Angeles Rams because this game is actually at their home stadium. Um, so, um, I believe this is the second year in a row that the team that was hosting the Super Bowl ended up making it to the Super Bowl. Is that correct, Is That is correct, and I, I just want to point on this. I, I'm sure you may get there. Um, L.A. Rams, it, it won't be entirely a home game, obviously, one, because it's the Super Bowl, but two, the Rams have a pretty sus fan base. Nothing against our Rams fans out there, but of all home fields, that one is probably the least advantageous. But I will say uh, – being at your home stadium during the Super Bowl is a huge plus, even if you don't have the fans. Just like with all the all the craziness of Super Bowl week, like you're still sleeping in your bed, you know, you, you're in your same locker room. The setting doesn't change. That's a huge benefit for the Rams. I don't know how you feel about that, Patty, but I think the home field is actually going to play a critical part. I, I, I do think it can, but I, I have an interesting point or question on that. So how – if you were the Rams and you were at your home stadium, would you consider treating it like a normal Super Bowl? So you're staying in the hotel that was designated for whoever made it from the NFC, and you're kind of staying away from the family members and kind of isolating yourselves and focusing on just the game? I would say no. I would say sleeping in your own bed is a huge benefit. Um, but, you know, maybe I don't know what the Rams are doing. Do we know what the Rams are doing? No, no idea. I would say, like, making it as normal as possible is a huge win. Um, I could be wrong there. You know, obviously and, – and that's another point, too, is the Rams have a lot of veteran guys that uh, ha- have been there before or at least have gone through some of this postseason craziness, whereas the Bengals have a lot of young guys. Um, so they may be enjoying it more and uh, could benefit from all of it. But I, I think I – think I think you treat it like any other game. I think that's an advantage for the Rams. So I, I, I disagree with that. But, um, yeah, good question, though. So the, the line currently has the Rams as four-point favorites and the over-under at 48-and-a-half. Um, so let's, let's just get into it, Diz. What, do you want to share what your crazy betting strategy is or what you're thinking for this game? Well, I, I kind of want to hear your props first. I saw in the episode notes you had a bunch of props. Yep. I want to yep. see if I agree with them, and then I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with my props. Okay, okay. 
So the first one on my list here is I have the lowest scoring quarter from a total points perspective, and I have the first quarter on there at plus 210. Um, I, I, don't, I think it is the lowest odds of all the lowest scoring quarters. And I don't think it's crazy to think like, you know, Super Bowl, a little bit of nerves, everything, taking some time for everything to get going. Um, so I don't think it's that crazy in getting it at plus odds to say that the lowest scoring quarter will be the first quarter. I agree with that. I like that pick. Um, going off of that, isn't this the one where you're going to be like, what's wrong with you? I have the correct score of the first quarter being 0-0 zero to zero at plus 1,000. Jesus. Now, if, 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 if my theory is correct and the lowest scoring quarter is the first quarter, you would have to think that 0-0 zero to zero is not that far out of the realm of possibilities. Crazy, dude. I know. But we know who I am. We know the kind of bets I like to take. That's, that's right in my wheelhouse. I was going to say, that's in your DNA. And then, obviously, if the score is 0-0, zero to zero, or even if it is the lowest uh, scoring quarter, I went first quarter under 10 points at minus 170. Under 10 points in the first quarter? Yes. What's the value there? I missed that last part. Uh, minus 170. So you have to lay a little bit of juice there, um, but I do like that. I, I'm i not against under 10 points, but I don't like it for that value. I wish yeah. there was a little bit higher value there. And maybe it's changed since I took them, so, you know, keep an eye on that. But um, And then, obviously, I have the first quarter draw at plus 400. So even if there is scoring, as long as it's a draw, I'm still making money here. That's an insane amount of first quarter props. Is it, do you have these for every quarter? Is this going to be an hour and a half pod? Nope, it was just the first quarter. I'm feeling the first quarter. Because you're going to fall asleep before the second half? No. How dare you? How dare you? Now, will I stop watching at halftime? Maybe. Okay, same thing. Same thing. Come on, dude. I mean, probably not. We're going over to my mother-in-law's place for the Super Bowl, so it's not like I'll be at home where I can distract myself with video games or go to bed or whatever. So I will probably watch the whole game. It's a step up for you, Patty. I'm proud of you. I know. And you know how we are. We like to bet first baskets. We like to uh, bet no run second innings. So betting the first quarter is kind of like our bread and butter. So the rest of these days, I have some – these are all player props, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow over 10.5 rushing yards at minus 115. I love that. I love that. He's going to be – Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We, we all know the Bengals have trouble protecting Joe Burrow. We know the Rams' defensive line is spectacular. Joe Burrow is going to have to get out of the pocket and make some plays with his feet to make this game close, and I don't think 10.5. I mean, he might get 10.5 on one run. So um, we, I like betting quarterback rushing overs when they're going up against a good defensive line. So um, I, I, I like Joe Burrow over 10.5 rushing yards at minus 115. I like that as well for your reasoning. My only concern there is at what point does like a sack count as a loss of rushing yards? Is it if he leaves the pocket, it counts as a loss of rushing yards? Or or do you know the rules? That's all I'm nervous about. He could get sacked seven times in this game. I do not know the rules on that. So that could be an issue. Absolutely. 
I would verify on that before you take it. And if you've already taken it, I, I respect the stones on you, pal. I always have. But let's I, I would all of our listeners, let's let's fact check that. Let's figure out if that's the case. Because I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see Burrow on the ground in the backfield a lot. Uh, yeah, definitely already took that. So, uh, <laughs> Godspeed. This next one, I have Samaje Pirine over two and a half rushing yards at minus 110. I love it because I picked up Samaje Pirine. Also, prop, props to you for... Uh, getting the name pronunciation right. You're, you're famously known for not getting pronunciations right. I'm proud of you on that. But uh, I picked up Samaj P. Ryan halfway through my fantasy season because uh, Derek Henry got hurt. And the game I picked him up, he had like a receiving touchdown and put up like 12 points and helped me get a big win. So I've been a Samaj P. Ryan guy ever since about halfway through this season. Um, over two and a half, you said, or was it three and a half? Two and a half. Yeah, I love that. You, you got to imagine... Uh, with one or two carries, he's going to get there. Right. Now, that's not a certainty, but he probably averages like two or three yards a carry. So let's hope he gets one or two, and let's hope he gets that. I- I'm I'm on board for that. I'm probably going to ride that myself. And the interesting thing with that one too, Diz, is I think a lot of times he comes in when Joe Mixon's tired, and he's more of a receiving back, like you said. But if he's in there and they're expecting pass, maybe the defensive lineman, like, you know, sprint up field trying to go for the sack, and they do like a halfback draw, and it gets five yards on one carry. Like, that's all we need. Absolutely. That's all we need, baby. And I have Jamar Chase over three and a half rushing yards. Um, I believe he has gotten a rushing attempt in like the last three games. Um, he's obviously their like best player on offense, their best skill player, not named Joe Burrow. Um, so they try to find ways to get him the ball, and that includes running the ball. And I have to imagine if he gets one rush, he should be able to eclipse the three and a half rushing yards. Only concern there is is the rush that he's been getting is like a jet sweep type of thing where he has to run to the outside, mm-hmm. and I could see a loss of yards there. So yeah, that yeah. could be one where after his – he probably only has one or two rushing attempts. That could be one where if he, like, loses two – like, you're done. It's over. Which, yeah. he only has one or two rush attempts probably, so that's kind of a one and done anyways. But that's my only concern with that one. Yep. And then this one, I'm going back to the well on this one. I don't think this hit last uh, in the AFC Championship, but I'm going Tyler Boyd over 42.5 receiving yards. Now, we know Jalen Ramsey is going to be lined up on Jamar Chase, probably one-on-one, right? Will there... Will there be opportunities when Jamar Chase beats Ramsey? Absolutely. But I don't think necessarily Burrow will want to go to that more often than not. And then I think the plan will be to double-team T. Higgins, who is the number two, which I think we could see a big game out of Tyler Boyd. What was your what was your bet? Was it on Chase or was it on Boyd? Boyd, over 42.5 receiving yards. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm... I'm okay with that. I'm. I, I, we should name this podcast my only concern because that's what I'm going to say. But uh, <laughs> my only concern here is 42 and a half from a third receiver is a lot in any situation. I think your logic's there. I may ride this one with you. That's just that's my only concern is betting over 42 and a half from a third receiver is a lot. Which, yep. granted, 
Burrow's going to have to pass in this game, in my opinion. So I, I support that. That's just – that's my worry. Yep. Um, and then this next one, Diz, this is a longer shot one. I'm going most rushing yards in the game. Sony Michelle plus 900. Now, a lot of talk about the props and going into this game is how much of the share of carries is Michelle going to get versus Akers and vice versa, right? Yeah. Who's to say Sony Michelle doesn't come out and start out strong or maybe Akers struggles early on and Michelle sees a majority of these carries or even not a majority. Maybe they stop Akers when he's in the backfield. They don't stop Michelle when he's in there. Michelle ends up with the most rushing yards and that plus 900 value for someone that's, I think, very possible and very likely to be uh, the leading rusher in the game to, to not take a sprinkle on or take a flyer on. I love this. This is probably my favorite prop of yours for two reasons. Do you want to guess what the main reason is? It's my favorite V word, Patty. Value. Value. Plus 900. Okay, I love that. I don't care what the bet is. Plus 900, you have my interest. My second reason is the Rams suck at running the ball anyways. So essentially, you're, you're taking 9-1 to one odds that Sony Michelle like breaks away for like 30 right. yards. And right. I can see that especially with the Bengals' defense. We saw them against the Chiefs. They would drop eight guys back in coverage. Exactly. And just, They're going to force and just the... Yeah, yeah. Force the Rams to run. I could see them doing that, especially in the second half. Yep. Um, all he needs is probably 20 to 30 yards. I know that's nuts. Um, but Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle, I mean – they're, they're both, I would say, subpar backs. So plus 900 for him to have the most yards, I'm certainly okay with that. And the way I see this game going, I think the Bengals have to pass a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it at plus 900. Now, the, this next set is, so this is a very interesting thing, and I don't usually like to do this, but I'm actually putting three bets on the most receiving yards. Um, and if one of these hits, we make money. Love it. So I'm going T. Higgins at plus 600. I know I like Tyler Boyd, and I know, um, you know, that Jamar Chase will probably be um, bottled up, but I think it could be T. Higgins also that, you know, just breaks free. I think, I don't think it's out of the question, like we said, that the, the Bengals are probably going to have to pass the ball a lot to win this game. And so getting a Bengals wide receiver and particularly the number two option here at plus 600 value, I think is really good. Yeah. I like the value and it kind of hedges your, uh, your uh, Tyler Boyd prop as well. Absolutely. Um, And then I also took OBJ at plus 1100. We've seen OBJ get a ton more targets in, in the playoffs. He's finally into this offensive system. Um, and like we said, the number one and maybe even the number two guy is going to be all over Cooper Cup, right? They're going to double team with the safety on Cooper Cup or a linebacker or something. They're going to try to take away Cooper Cup. This is the NFL. This is the Super Bowl. You try to take away the best player on the opposite team. That leaves OBJ to possibly get this. And if OBJ breaks a couple long TDs, um, you know, I think uh, plus 1100 is good value there. Absolutely. I'm on board with that, too. Um, I could see OBJ having himself a game. Yeah. And then 
Uh, my last one for most receiving yards, I have Tyler Boyd at plus 2,500. I already told you what I think about Tyler Boyd. Um, I, I think this could be his game to shine. But uh, taking him at plus 2,500 on most receiving yards, I mean, I think that's incredible value. You're talking my language, Patty. Yep. And then these last three here, Diz, I have three anytime touchdown scorers. Um, I took Tyler Boyd at plus 230. I took Sony Michelle at plus 240. And I take Matthew Stafford at plus 750. So late, late in the season, the Rams get down to the one-yard line, and they've been having Matthew Stafford run the ball in. We all know it doesn't matter how many people you stack in there. It doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. The quarterback sneak is time and time again proven to be the uh, the goal line scorer. So it all it takes is the right opportunity to, to have a Matthew Stafford rushing touchdown. And who's not to say they won't do like a read option on the goal line with Matthew Stafford. And if you're the defensive line for the Bengals or whoever, you're definitely going after the running back. You're not going after Matthew Stafford. That's Definitely an interesting take. What I will say to that, Patty, is you should – I don't know if you have – have you – you're on FanDuel, yeah? Are you on DraftKings as well? I Yeah, I do have DraftKings, yeah. I would just say – so you've probably used your risk-free same-game parlay on FanDuel already, have you? I have not. I would say – and I saw it on DraftKings. I don't know if it's on FanDuel. There's a prop. The shortest touchdown – is over under one and a half yards. Mm. So maybe you do a same game parlay where you have Matthew Stafford as an anytime touchdown and you have that under on length of the shortest touchdown one and a half because those two are kind of uh, strongly correlated from your analysis there. Yeah. So like if the Rams get to the one yard line, the value on those combined is probably insane. So maybe you do, maybe that's your same game parlay. Hey, I, I like where your head's at. That's, that's a very good point. And I think that's spot on with what I'm looking for. So that's 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 good uh, gambling advice, good betting advice, and uh, thanks for looking out for your boy there, Diz. Absolutely. My my only concern <laughs> is uh, I think we're I think we're agreeing too much on this podcast. Normally we banter, and normally we disagree, which allows for uh, some second consideration. I'm a little concerned with how much we're agreeing. Fortunately, I think you're going to disagree heavily with my prop. Uh, strategy here. Okay, well, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm cashed out. So uh, lay it on us. Just just rip the bandaid off. Give us what you got. Betting on the Super Bowl is one of my favorite things to do throughout the year because I love the props. I love the heinous props, national anthem, uh, coin toss, uh, Gatorade color. I love it all. But this year, I may only have. One Super Bowl prop. Let's hope not. Uh, allow oh, me to no. explain. Uh, allow me to explain. Allow me to explain. So, there is a Super Bowl prop that I love more than anything I've ever seen in a Super Bowl prop. And it is team that wins the coin toss to defer. That is at minus 500. Now, I know I'm a value guy. That's not great value. But Sean McVay has deferred 48 of 48 winning coin tosses, and Zach Taylor has deferred 26 of 27 winning coin tosses. So for those of you that cannot do that mental math in your head, that is 98.7% of the time these coaches have elected to defer when they win the coin toss. Getting minus 500 value 
on a 98.7% probability is against the gambling laws. I don't understand why that value is so good. Now, I know that's nuts to say minus 500 value is good value. But with that percentage and those odds, I cannot believe it's only minus 500. So now all my Diz stands are saying, but Diz, I'm going to have to throw the house. I was going to say, how much money are you putting on this thing? So I'm, 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 bear with me here. I'm going against our laws. My DraftKing balance, because I do most of my betting on FanDuel, if I ever get above 100, I withdraw immediately. That's one of my gambling laws. We talked about that a couple pods ago. Um, but my DraftKings is sneaky. I do a lot of, uh, I do my Martingales on DraftKings. I do, you know, risk-free same gamers on DraftKings. I do a lot of promotions and free bets on DraftKings. So I don't use DraftKings as much. When I logged into DraftKings today, I saw that my DraftKings balance was around $210. Holy cow. Okay. So Money I'm thinking with that probability, I'm throwing a 200 piece on the team that wins the coin toss will defer at minus 500. I know that's heinous, but with that probability, that will be my lone Super Bowl prop. If it hits, I net $40, and then I have a long five-minute commercial break between the coin toss and the first kickoff to make my other props. Now, planning that that goes according to plan, would you like to hear my other props that I'm loving, Patty? For the record, I do not agree with your betting strategy or method here. I just want everyone to know that he is doing everything we preach and tell you not to do on this show, and I do 100%. not stand for that bet. Now, 100%. You, you could give us your other ones, and I actually have one more. I didn't place this bet, but I'll tell you the stats and figures that I think I make it, makes it a lock, and I think this is on DraftKings only. I don't think it's on FanDuel. Okay, so... The, the, I want to make this clear. These are only if my first one hits. If my first one doesn't hit, I'm out $200. I'm done. Call it. Yeah. I lost. But if it does hit, I'm up $40. And then I place these other prop bets with my $40 gain. So if none of these remaining props hit, I net zero. That's my mindset here, okay? What I'm loving is a Kendall Blanton Anytime touchdown, that's at plus 260. You may be asking who in the crikey fuck is Kendall Blanton. He is the Rams' backup tight end. We know Tyler Higby is out. That is huge for the Rams. But Kendall Blanton had five receptions for 57 yards against the 49ers in the NFC Championship. I'm absolutely loving Kendall Blanton to score a touchdown at plus 260. Okay, my next one, I got the shortest field goal over 27 and a half. I could not believe this was the this was the, uh, the 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 yardage for the shortest field goal. What this means is that either Zach Taylor or Sean McVay is going to kick a field goal inside the 10 yard line. Which I'm a, a, you know a fourth and goal can happen, but minus 112 for over shortest field goal 27 and a half. I'm loving that. On the other side of that, I'm loving the longest field goal over 47 and a half. That's anything behind the 30-yard line. We've seen what McPherson can do. I'm banking on McPherson hitting a bomb in this game. 
Okay, then I'm also loving last play of the game, not ending in a kneel. That's at plus 168. Six of the last seven have not ended in a kneel in this playoffs. It's been very close. It's been the team from behind. It's been game-winning field goals. It's been overtime. Whatever the case may be, I'm loving that value. I could see the Rams blowing out the Bengals. I really could. Let's hope that doesn't happen. I like the value at plus 168. And then I also like Joe Burrow over 36 and a half passing attempts. He's done it in all these playoff games. The Bengals have had to pass. Um, I don't know the value exactly on that one. Uh, but it's probably around even or minus odds. Um, but those are my favorites. National Anthem ones haven't been dropped yet on FanDuel. Um, so I'll probably take some National Anthem ones as well. But remember, Pat, that. Wait, wait, you're, you're cutting out. You might be there. And only if. Point us, team, call it. Won't the national anthem happen before the coin toss? Oh, oh, that's a great point. Yeah, scratch that. I'm, I'm not betting on the national anthem. <laughs> Call it. Also, Diz, may I interest you in will the opening kickoff result in a touchback or not? I, you know, I've looked at this a lot. I've heard Pat McAfee's rant about it, and it's a great point. I, I know it's something like the balls rock hard. Yep. You can't touch. It's really hard for the kicker to get it out of the end zone. Um, but I think McPherson can just kick it out of the stadium if he wants it to. Uh, but with that being said, I'd probably lean that it's not going to be a touchback. Um, I haven't bet on this. I don't think I will. But that's a pretty exciting prop because you see it right away. And so I don't know which one's which, but these two kickers – we're ranked 17th and 21st in the uh, number of touchbacks this season. So um, we know McPherson has a big leg, but he still doesn't rank very high in touchbacks. Um, and yeah, it's a brand new ball, lots of flashing lights, bulbs, you know, you probably don't get your best ball off. Um, and then you also have to uh, remember that, Matt Gay, who was kicking off for the Rams, um, he left a 40-yard field goal short during one of these playoff games. Um, so I, I would feel pretty good and feel pretty confident about going with the like no no touchback on the opening kickoff. Good call. Good call. All right, Diz. Anything else from you before we move on? I don't think so. That's my prop strategy. It's I don't agree with it, but it is certainly a strategy. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. What if they take the air out of the ball? Ah. Oh, Podfather. Podfather. I didn't even know he in. joined. Did he sneak did he sneak in this? I did sneak in. You got any props for us, Podfather? Uh, well, I don't understand all the betting, so I'm probably not very valuable to this call, but I like the Rams big. Oh, okay. I think the, I think the Bengals have, you know, Joe Burrow is like the coolest kid around, but uh, they barely won all three of their playoff games. They could have went home in the very first round. 
you know, the Raiders had the ball inside the 10 yard line, could have beat him. And then they've got like game winning field goals in their other two games. So I think I like the Rams big. Does that, does that not make you think though, that they're the team of destiny that like they've fought and clawed their way all season to get here. And what's one more game in that? It's, it's kind of like, Pat, I said, like, you could, like, when you were a kid, I told you that you could have been, like, a uh, whatever you wanted to be when you grew up. And then I told you, just be an accountant because, you know, <laughs> dreams aren't real or something. <laughs> All right. Well. Podfather. Podfather, a theme of this podcast. I know you just jumped on. Every prop Pat said I would follow it with, my only concern is, and to your take, I agree with you. I think Rams minus four is the right play. I'm respectfully staying away just because there's so many props and I want the Bengals to win badly. I think I agree with you. My only concern is you can say the same thing about the Rams. The game they had about the, the game they had with the Bucks, they totally threw that away. They got super lucky at the end there. And then the 49ers, if that guy doesn't drop the interception, mm-hmm. Stafford gives that game away. So I could make the same argument for the Rams. So I could see the Rams just completely choking it, Stafford blowing it. I could see either side of that. I think you are correct, and I could see the Rams winning big, but I had to throw that out there. A good point. All right. Anything else Super Bowl-wise from either the Podfather or Diz before we move on? What's your favorite Super Bowl dish? Dish? Uh, oof. I know you're a big snacks guy. The Super Bowl is probably like a national holiday for you. I know. I'm trying to think. Because obviously with like COVID and everything happening last year, we didn't really do anything. So I'm trying to trying to think on it. I'll let you go ahead if you have something on, on the ready. I'm a big pigs in a blanket guy. Ooh. Um, um, I love, they're easy to make and I, they taste fantastic, but I, I think uh, Buffalo chicken dip takes the cake for me. And, uh, my buddy Adam literally texted me about 10 minutes before we, we started the podcast. That's why this made me think of, he said he's bringing over the Buffalo chicken dip. So I'm absolutely juiced for that. Uh, was curious, was just was curious what your favorite snack was. Podfather, you got anything here? Um, the pigs in a blanket is a good one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also like that sausage bread that we sometimes make the little Good more dirt sausage breads. Um, Good call. yeah. So I'm going to be honest. I think my favorite Super Bowl dish is just a nice bowl of chili. Um, mm. I feel like every Super Bowl, it's, you know, it's cold out and we're going like with the, with everything. And I usually go for a bowl of chili. Um, I know a lot of people oh. like wings, a lot of people like pizza, this, that, or the other. But for the Super Bowl, it's for me, it's probably chili. And I, I'll, I'll eat the chips, I'll eat the snacks, I'll eat the finger foods. But uh, for me, I think it's got to be chili. I think I like that just because chili for me is a football food. Mm-hmm. So last last NFL game, last football game essentially uh, of the season, I, I think you end it with some chili. I, I support that. I, I may have to make some chili uh, of my own. That's a good call. All right, 
Let's move on. I know I have NBA up on the ticker or on the sidebar, but we are going to skip the NBA slate. Tyler's not here. And plus we just went through a bunch of stuff, so I don't want to bore people anymore. Uh, let's go over our dumbest dummy competition. Um, I went 0-3 last night, Diz, in case you missed it. Um, in the dumbest dummy competition, I am down a whole 10.96 units. I am ice cold just on the dumbest dummy competition. Pretty much in every other bet, I'm actually super on fire, but I can't seem to pick the right ones for the dumbest dummy competition. Um, and then Diz is down 1.05 units. So, uh, Diz, you, you don't, you don't, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just got to outrun Patty Parlays. That's been my strategy from day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep it coming. Just, just you wait. Diz, why don't you go ahead and uh, grace us with your uh, dumbest dummy bets if you have them on the ready? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm loving uh, some NHL overs. There were uh, two. Over five and a half in the NHL tonight. Kraken versus Ducks and Islanders versus the Oilers. Parlay those together at plus 256. I'm loving that. That is my first one. And then uh, my risk-free same-game parlay uh, from FanDuel. I still haven't made my DraftKings one yet. Maybe something heinous. You may get some value there. But uh, my dumbest dummy same-game parlay is Kendall Blanton. Anytime touchdown. I talked about it briefly before. Stafford over 229 and a half passing yards. Rams alternate line plus five and a half and then over 38 and a half. So when I was building this, you know, I took three very likable, very probable outcomes and then the Blanton touchdown, uh, which I like a lot. So that's at plus 425 for all of those to happen. Uh, those are my two dumbest dummies, Patty. Nice. Love it. Uh, for mine, I'm keeping it simple again. I've kind of strayed away from the player props because they haven't been doing me very well. That's how I got in this hole in the first place. But I'm going to start off with uh, Evan Mobley, first basket for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they're going up against the Pacers tonight. Uh, Jared Allen wins a majority of the tips, and Batadze does not. And then also with uh, Garland being out for the Cavs, that means Mobley is moving up the pecking order in terms of who should get the ball and who their s scorers are. So I like Mobley first basket at plus 440. Then I'm going the Atlanta Hawks minus 8 over the San Antonio Spurs and the Boston Celtics minus 6 over the Denver Nuggets. Patty, is it first basket Friday promo tonight? It is not, unfortunately. I've been keeping an eye on it all day. It is not out there, unfortunately. And and I we I don't know if you were here when we were talking about this, but I imagine the way promos work for FanDuel or any sports book for that matter is they they go through and they have a set amount of money that they can pay out and lose on those promos. And so they'll just keep running the promo back until they uh, reach the, you know, the max amount of money that they had budgeted for that uh, promo. And then they cut it off. So I imagine with First Basket Friday, that is what happened. Gotcha. Um, I am curious. I'm looking at the boost real quick, see if any of these might well, – I want to throw in a dumbest dummy. Uh. I could take UFC ones, but I don't know anything about the UFC. Um, I thought 
I don't like this Joel Embiid and DeMar DeRozan to score 60-plus combined points. That's just uh, – that's a lot of points. Um, and then Man United and Everton – Man United, Everton, and Man City all to win at plus 450. I'm just going to take a flyer on that and add that to my dumbest dummy just for kicks and gigs. Love it. Because you know me, I'm a big soccer guy. Big footy guy. All right, Diz, best bets, group best bets time. Um, as a group, we actually went 3-0 and last night thanks to uh, Tyler's Michigan pick, University of Michigan demolishing Purdue at home. Look out Look out for Michigan in this uh, NCAA tournament, Diz. They were, like, top five, top ten coming into the season. They lost quite a few early on, but that's because they were, like, not healthy they had COVID, they had injuries, they had this, that, or the other. They're finally starting to get healthy again, and I think they won by, like, double digits against Purdue last night. And Purdue's one of the top teams in the nations, according to everybody. So, Yeah, they, they could be dangerous, um, especially if they get in as a, as a lower seed. Um, I, I could see them upsetting, upsetting uh, a higher seed in that round of 32 if they get past – uh, that first round. So uh, definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, but as a group, we are up 1.52 units in the month of February. So very good so far. Thanks to that three and night last night. Um, what, what uh, tickles your fancy Diz? Um, I, I, I wanted your take on some of the NHL games and uh, I didn't want to bet it personally, but I'm liking Rams minus four. I I don't I don't want to take a side in the Super Bowl. I'll be honest with you. I don't either. We don't have to bet it personally, but as a collective unit, it can be a best bet. If you think about how much better the Rams are on almost in every single front and every single phase, I think it's a smart bet. I cannot believe the line's only four. Um, I I I mean the Podfather hops on. He hops off the pod. I mean, what a heat check from the Podfather. I think we ride it. Okay, I'm with it. Rams minus four for one of them. Uh, what do you want to know in the NHL? I just I, – I, I rushed and I took that over. I, I don't know the values of, of the games, or I don't know if there were any games you were looking at um, in any game that sparks your interest. So, I'll be honest. I took a couple unders tonight in the NHL. Um, oh, jeez. Listen to this one, though. And I'm I'm curious your thought on this. The Lightning at the Coyotes, okay? The okay. O- the over under of that game is six and a half. That seems like a lot. I don't think Vasilevsky's in net, so that obviously factors in, but uh the Lightning haven't exactly been buzzing, and the Coyotes are the Coyotes. So six and a half seems like a lot, but I understand if you don't want to take that. Um, I, I like the Ducks at home versus the Kraken quite a bit, and I like the Stars at home versus the Jets quite a bit. Let's ride. Uh, let's ride the home. The home. Uh, home money lines. Well, they're minus one sixty six and minus one fifty four, but we can get them in the sixty minutes of winning in regulation if that's what you want. Uh, 
Ducks and yeah, regulation. Let's do, let's, do, let's do ducks and regulation. So that's minus 105. Let's run it. And then how do you feel about taking the Cavs uh, minus six against the Pacers as the other uh, the other one? My only concern is it's Halliburton's first game. True. I don't think that was an exceptional trade for the Pacers. I could see him falling out tonight. But what about Levert revenge factor? Very true. Very true. Um, how about this one? I don't necessarily feel great about, but it's very interesting. How do you feel about the Magic plus fourteen versus the Utah Jazz tonight? I'm always up for underdog when the spread's that high. Now I have some numbers here, Diz, to back this up. So I'm curious as to uh, how you feel about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through them because I had this prepped in case we were gonna go through the entire slate. Okay. The Jazz are 11 and 18 ATS at home. The Magic are actually 18 and 13 ATS away. Now. Um, Magic two and three ATS their last five. Jazz three and two ATS their last five. Mo Wagner is out for the Magic, so that's but that's like seven eight points maybe a game. Um, so not nothing serious. He's just kind of a bench player. Um, and then Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gay are actually both questionable for the Jazz. I think if Gobert doesn't play, this is a easy easy lock. And I even think if he does play, I really like this. Um, so, and when I looked at this earlier, Diz, the, 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 it was jazz minus 12 and a half, and now it's at minus 14. So I really think the magic plus 14 is the play here. Let's do it. Why not? Certified cover boy approves. Yes, sir. Okay. Good deal. Let me just lock these in real quick. Okay, Diz. Time for the multi-sport Hail Mary of the day. Do, for your information, it is an 11-leg parlay, uh, four NHL games, and the rest of them are NBA games. $1 to win. Do you have a guess? Um, 1400 you were a little high. It is $1 to win $896.64. And for, for the record, I will say this. Oh, and it just got announced that Karis LeVert is starting tonight against the Pacers. He did not start the last game he played, but they are putting him in the starting lineup with Garland being out, and it's a revenge game there for sure. For sure. But the reason is I think you would have been a lot closer, but I took the two – I took the Stars and the Ducks money line, like – just full-on money line, so I had to lay a little bit of juice with those. If I had 11 minus 110 values, you probably would have been really close. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, so start off in the NBA. I got 76ers minus 13.5 versus the Thunder. Cavs minus 5.5 versus Pacers. Hornets minus 7 versus Pistons. Celtics minus 6 versus Nuggets. Hawks minus 8 versus Spurs. Timberwolves plus 3 versus the Bulls. And then Magic plus 13 and a half. And then in the NHL, I have Stars Moneyline versus Jets. I have Islanders, Oilers under five and a half. I have Lightning Coyotes under six and a half. And then I have Ducks Moneyline versus the Kraken. 
Also, Diz, I'm going to be honest with you. If uh, if that Coyotes Lightning game would have been plus two and a half, I would have been all over the Coyotes. I imagine you would have been. I don't have the exact stat, but I was looking, and I think like three or four out of the last five games for either the Lightning or the Coyotes have been decided by like one goal. But I, I didn't have the stones to take him at plus one and a half. So, yeah, the last three games for the Lightning have been decided by one goal. Wow. So I was like, yeah, no thanks. I'm not messing with that. All right, Diz, anything you want to get off your chest before we uh, go into this wonderful weekend? My only thing, a possible Diz's degenerate pick of the week. Yes. Uh, yes. We need, we need like, uh, first off, you need to let me ahead of time, know ahead of time so I can put it on the uh, sidebar. But also, we need like some sort of like music or introduction for that. Like, I feel like it, it deserves more than just, uh, you know, spoken word. So we might look into well, that. My my hesitation for this week is I don't re- it's not set in stone because my first prop has to hit. So, <laughs> it, it, yeah, so a little a little skeptical, but um, the Gatorade color being orange, I I really love, and I'm gonna check the value. I don't know the value, but I love that eight of the last ten have either been blue or orange. So it could be maybe throw some on orange, maybe throw some on blue because the value is going to be good enough either way. If it's orange or blue, you're going to net a profit. Um, but I like orange a lot. And I I don't know this for sure, but I want to say on someone's podcast, they said they uh, were talking to someone that worked on the Bengals. I think it was part of my take. Yeah, it was part of my take. And they were talking to the person. And they're like, oh, the Bengals always have orange Gatorade. They love the orange Gatorade. So if you're... If you're betting on the Bengals, you might as well put some money on the orange Gatorade. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SportsBetByDumb. Also, go on to the YouTube. You can, on the YouTube, you can see the wonderful sidebar that we put together. We're looking into getting some more pleasing visual elements to make it all that more enjoyable for all of you guys. But go to YouTube, go in the search bar, look for Sports Betting by Dummies. Make sure you filter by channel. Look for the black and yellow logo. You cannot miss it. But again, thank you all for listening. We hope you have a nice, long, profitable weekend, and we will see you all on Monday.